Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Hey, by the way, went to my podiatrist today. Clean, ready to fight. I got a, I got a, I got the pass. I'm ready to fight. No more needles. No more, <laughs> no more needles in my foot. Ready to fight. He says, "Hey, you're in fighting shape." And okay, I, do yeah. a round, do a roundhouse kick right now, Matt. Well, oh wow, that, ow! Um, that one thing that hurt. Just because I'm in shape to fight, actually, he didn't say I was in shape to fight either. Can you fight fires though? I fought fires last night. Yeah, I can. I took my kids to the airport. This is why today's topic so germane, so apropos. It's so perfect. Do fathers matter? Yeah. Do you know why? No. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> because I was on a live runway last night, live, in a, not in an airplane, in a fire truck at Salt Lake City International Airport with my kids. Do fathers matter? Yeah. Because you know what? My kid would have walked out on that runway <laughs> if I hadn't said, hey, kid, don't walk out on the runway. Saved, wow. I saved a life. That's touching, man. My wife would have walked out there. Hmm. But I said, hey. Hey, wife. Wife. Don't walk on the <laughs> runway. <laughs> Stay off the runway. I was on, I was, I was on the airport at the, at the uh, what's it called? Tarmac. The, the fire, yeah, but on those little driveways that the airplanes drive on. The I, runway? No, that's the runway where they take off, but there's, the, the, there's, the, there's the runway, the that's driveways. But the tarmac, is that what you call it? Yeah, that's what I said. They have a lot of words, like the apron. <laughs> Around the airport, the airplane exit ways. Anyway, the baggage claim. Again, I got to spray water from a fire truck. Wow! I mean, what? Why were you doing this? Just out of curiosity, just for fun, or was it learning? I'm or? going through a midlife crisis, and no, instead of you know, he sets his phones on fire I in set the car. My, my pants on fire. What I, is going in, on, Matt? Instead, exactly. That's what I'm asking. And by the way, I didn't want to brag, but I, I didn't want to pull this out and just show you how rich I am, but I did buy a new charger cable. Oh. Did you Ooh, do that on the way home? Yes, nice. I did. Uh-huh. I had to because I had phone calls to make while I was driving. That's illegal. You're such a great example. Thank you. You're a good father. I was, I was waiting for you all to jump oh. in on I that. I just hope you had a hands-free device. Sure. Well, my hands weren't on it. That's kind of <laughs> the idea. Yeah. Hands-free. That's yeah. what Siri's for, right? I don't know. I don't know. No, I've never met her. Oh. Oh. Uh, she she's sounds nice. great, though. Yeah, she's nice. She sounds wonderful. So on the show today, we're talking do dads really matter? Yeah, fathers matter. I think they do. And Aaron, who's about to get married in a month. Uh, um, I'll be a father maybe no, in a that just couple years. <laughs> You're not going to be a father for a while. Yeah. But, you know, did your dad take you aside? Take me? Because uh, oh, there is a magical to thing. To counsel that, me? Yeah. There's things that, there's things, and I wanted to do it for you today. <sighs> okay. Um, I don't know what you were planning, but this is... <laughs> you go right ahead, Matt. I am all ears. This is what I want to... Teach me the ways Anytime, of life. again, as a... As fatherhood. A, yeah. 
Should I step out on this or I no? Mean, you'll want to hear this. Okay. Yeah, because you, you better start learning now. Mike. Yeah, please. Just, yeah, I and, have a lot to Juan, learn. I know Juan's married. Anyone can mm-hmm. step in. Sean's married. Aaron, when you get married, you and your queen, mm-hmm. things are going to be different than when you were dating. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to have a moment when you're going to roll over in bed, which is something you haven't, you haven't been there. When you roll over in bed in the morning and she's going to roll over, this beautiful bride. And I saw her. She's wonderful. And she seems special and beautiful and talented. But you're going you're gonna to look at her and she's going to look at you and you're going to look at her and she won't have her makeup on. Right. It'll just be makeupless. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and, and then you're going to realize... What happened to her eyebrows? She actually has really nice natural eyebrows, believe it or not. Well, maybe you won't have that. Yeah. Um, There's another way you can do that. If you're walking by a pool, just push her in. Oh, I've done that multiple times. Yeah. She hates it. So she, so S- same effect, but you don't need to be in a bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> True. Here, but here's the difference. You're going to you're gonna love her and you're going to there's – a, there's a special thing that happens once you're married. And I just want you to know about it before you, you get Oh, man. That was... But there's a thing that happens. Yeah. It's called the mate and switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in marketing, they call it the bait and switch. Oh, it's yeah. an illegal marketing practice. I was just trying to absorb that yeah. phrase right there. And I actually have a feeling I really should be talking to your fiance, not you. Because I have a feeling she's going to be more mated and switched than you are. Everybody's <laughs> laughing except Aaron. I'm just—he looks worried. And We're what, just laughing. And all these married people are chuckling. This over is why you need a dad. And so I want to be—you have a dad. I'm yeah, sure your dad no. is going to talk. I'm sure. In this fact, this is good though. This is like very few fathers Uncle talk Matt. about the yeah, mate. I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. we're doing this. Yeah, call me weird, Uncle Matt. Uncle Matt. So what Teach happens? You—you you, there's a time you're in love, right? A lot of your love right now is chemical. It's just—it's chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's not natural. It's you're full of energy. You're full of adrenaline, where you could stay up and just talk to her all night. Mm-hmm. You're full of um, yeah. It's just you want to kiss on her every minute. You Maybe, uh, do you stalk me, Matt? Me and her on oh, our no. dates? No, but she called. You're pretty. Oh, okay. She called oh. and she's sick of it. All right. No, Dang. But, and then what happens? And it's magical. And it always, I actually wrote about this in this article that I uh, this chapter I wrote for a book that. We finally finished. Um, here's, here's what I wrote, basically. Okay. Then eventually what happens, and I'm going to just give you the female's example of when the main switch takes place. She comes, home from, she comes home from work. She worked a little late today. You got off work early because you work on the Matt Townsend show. And, um, <laughs> and Matt showed up late, so we had to yeah. leave and just cancel so the show. We canceled right? the show. Oh. But, so you, okay. but then what happens is she comes in. She walks in the apartment. She's so excited to see you. Uh-huh. She's. This won't happen now, but it'll happen in months. Yeah. She's gonna hope that you made dinner, and you probably didn't. And she's gonna hope that you know the house was clean, and you probably didn't clean it. Hypothetically. Yeah. Okay. And she's gonna walk in. That place will be dark, and she, all she'll see is like the din of the TV. And she'll walk in, and you'll be totally stuck in a recliner, like so inverted. With your feet above your head, that you can't get out of the recliner. I can see it. All right, and you'll wave to her with this cute little Gumby hand thing, and um, she'll look on your fingertips, 
and you'll have these orange fingertips from Cheeto Cheetos. dust. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then there will be a Cheetos bag on the ground, family-sized. Uh-huh. Oh. And she will just look at you and think, holy cow. What did I do? What did I do? Now, what if I make her dinner and it's like cereal and toast? I try to and it's terrible, but no, it's the no, that, that counts, no, right? No, that counts because she thinks that's cute because okay, as long okay. as she's under the I'm, I'm trying to figure these of chemistry, she'll think you're cute. But then one day she'll be like, eventually the chemistry, on, make a real dinner. The chemistry just eventually evens out. And once it evens mm-hmm. out, then you're on your own. And that's when the switch takes place. And Sean says for some, I mean, yeah, sometimes the chemistry just evaporates. But anyway, as, right. a, as a dad, <laughs> I want you to know this. And I want you to know that's the moment when the real marriage commitment begins. Okay. Because it's super easy to love on someone that's got eyebrows. Yeah. And it's super easy to love on someone that just thinks you're the bomb. And then eventually the real test starts once you actually know who they are. Or mm-hmm. know more who they are. And mm-hmm. when you know more who they are, it usually takes the chemistry fading and the clarity to go up. And that happens. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you just hunker down. Well, I guess it's good that the chemistry is there. Otherwise, we wouldn't get married, right? And that's what pushes us to get married. Right. But I guess what you're saying that's is right. afterwards, yeah. true love is formed through trials and yeah. you, don't marry, you get closer you, that way. Yeah, you don't marry love. You, you earn it. Okay. You have to work mm, for This it. is deep, man. Mm-hmm. You're and such a good uncle father. I wanted you to know father. that. And that's, that's just today's lesson for you. Yeah. And that's why dads are important. Another, no, tomorrow we'll do the other lesson okay. about where babies come from. Oh, what? what's that? But I won't do that on the no. air. Well, okay. I just, you know, kids might be listening. Yeah, it's true. So that's why we need dads. That yeah. and another reason. Because dads throw their children. Into the car or Well, I no. hope they bed. catch them afterwards. Well, usually. Right? Oh, but in the air. What happens is, see... My wife, the, every time we'd have a baby, my wife would grab that baby, count the fingers and toes, so we're good. Then she turns the baby to her face, and she talks to it. Who the baby? Who the baby? And she'd talk like baby talk. Right. And in my head, I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> that baby doesn't even talk. Why is she talking to the baby? Okay. And I never got that. And then I realized that she's bonding. Right. That's the right? female way of bonding. Right. And then okay. what I would do with the baby is almost the exact opposite. I would take the baby and instead of looking in its face, I would turn it away from me. So its head was – back of its head was on my chest. And then I would like play with its legs. And I would wiggle its legs and move its hands and I would treat my baby like a puppet. <laughs> I would puppet my baby and I would talk like my baby. Oh, I'm a baby. And I would talk. But I was bonding that way. Hmm. And then when it was older and it could hold its head, I would throw my baby. Right? Okay. And I would throw my baby and my wife would say, don't throw the baby. And throw sounds bad. I would toss my baby gently in the air. I would turn the, the ceiling fans off and I would toss the baby. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I heard that. I would part. catch the baby and I'm bonding. Would you, would you try to set records like five feet, ten feet, twenty-five? I, I'm not going to say anything oh, okay. about that, but right. that I did break some records. Oh, I broke a lot of things. Actually. <laughs> but but I, here's why I found that out because I was bonding with my baby, and I would bond by playing. And and I told my wife, she goes, "Why do you throw the baby?" I said, "If you love the baby, you'd toss the baby too." Hmm. So you got the masculine Ouch. and feminine approach to uh-huh. raising kids. Now, here's what the research has found. All right. That's called roughhousing, right? And they're finding oh, it's out. it's like wrestling, right? It's like wrestling. With your so dad. Da- most okay. You'll also find out that most dads end up accidentally even hurting their children more than moms do. 
Well, it's just makes sense. We're a little rough. A little more rough. But what I found out is this. Dads that roughhouse with their kids help the kids learn to manage their emotion. So okay. because we overstimulate the kid, the kid gets all frustrated and kind of jacked up and like, Meow! and then we help them lower their emotion. And then we overstimulate again, and then we help them lower their emotion. Mm. And the research shows that a dad that actually plays with their kids in rough houses, it drives a lot of moms crazy, but you know what it serves? It helps them manage their emotional control. Okay, my dad roughhoused all the time, wrestling. Look how Is you that turned how out. I turn out. That's yeah, why you're so calm you're and level-headed. You're so level-headed. Oh, it makes sense now. I'm going to pass that on. I'm going to have to so dads wrangle matter. the kids around. And I'm glad we could have the talk with you. I know. This is this was touching, man. And then if you have any questions, yeah. feel free to ask one. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Do you feel good about it? I, I feel good, but I don't think you can give me legal advice. But fatherly advice, you can give me one, right? Well, I'm not, not a father not yet. yet. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, nope. probably before well, you. But. Talk to Sean. Mm-hmm. We'll Sean see. will help you. Um, but again, tomorrow, we're going to do the Birds of the Beast talk. Okay. I'm Just gonna... you and me. Should I bring anything like uh, Just earplugs? Bring, yeah, bring me some food. <laughs> uh, some food? I always get hungry in the middle. All right, I'll do that. That's it, folks. Today, the show, Do, Ma- do Fathers Matter? Absolutely. So we're going to have uh, Paul Rayburn's joining us later. He's going to talk to us. Actually, in this next break, he's going to talk to us uh, about being a dad and the importance of fathers and dads out there. You know, are you stepping up? This is the Matt Townsend Show, our goal to help you uh, to find the good in life and to hopefully find the good life. This is the show. We'll be back talking fathers right here next on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about do fathers really matter? And as a father and a son who had a father and still has a father, uh, yeah, my uh, I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> Problem solved. Fathers matter. And so we decided, hey, let's bring in an expert. Let's bring in somebody that actually has studied this. And uh, I do believe we found probably – you know, it's one thing to be a dad. It's another thing to actually go find out what science is telling us about the role of fathers. And I'm so excited um, to have him. Paul Rayburn is joining us. He is the author of uh, a book that will be released on Father's Day, Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked. Rayburn um, writes about fathers on a blog for Psychology Today and is the chief media critic for the Night Science Journalism Tracker at MIT. He contributes to the New York Times, Discover, Scientific America, American, and the Huffington Post. And uh, you know what? So he's, he's kind of got the brain of the scientist because he graduated with a degree from MIT in physics, for heaven's sakes. He also studied composition at Berklee School of Music in Boston, and he plays piano and guitar. He's a native of Detroit. Paul now lives in New York City with his wife, the writer Elizabeth DeVita Rayburn, and their two children. Paul Rayburn, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Great to be here, man. So good to have you, and um, I, I really am excited about kind of the scientific approach to understanding the role of fathers. Because l- like it says, you know, we tend to overlook dads a lot because they don't maybe seem to play such an essential role as the mother. Is that is that what your research is teaching you? 
Yeah, yeah, it is. I think, uh, and you, you were right, by the way. The answer to the question, do fathers matter, is yes. Yes. I had, I had to write a book to figure that out, but you knew it right off the top of your well, head. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm um, too afraid of my, of my dad to say no. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> he would get me. Uh, yeah, so, you know, fathers have been overlooked, I think, for a lot of reasons. Um, one of the reasons has to do with, uh, you know, kind of a, a group think among the experts. So, 40 or 50 years ago, if you ask most psychologists about mothers and fathers and their importance to kids, most of them would have been would have talked about something called the attachment theory, which was the prevailing theory at the time. And it suggested that, you know, a baby's and infant's attachment to its mother uh, in the first days and weeks after birth was a crucial step toward making the baby feel secure and protected and right. had all kinds of repercussions for the, the child's emotional life. And, of course, the missing figure in that theory is the father, who's nowhere in the picture. <laughs> and that began to crumble in the 60s and 70s. And I don't exactly know why that began to change. It was overdue for change. I, I have this idea that somewhere, somehow, a psychologist walked out into a coffee shop or a restaurant and saw a father nuzzling his infant and said, Wait, hold it. Maybe there's something new we need to learn here. <laughs> is that a man taking care <laughs> right, of his child? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that really happened, but something happened, and people began to re-examine it. And starting in the 70s, just in the last generation or so, a wealth of research has come out showing all kinds of ways that fathers make contributions to their kids and are important to their kids, uh, many of which I found very surprising. Really? I mean, and that, that's what I love about kind of your approach. You, you really are a scientist by heart, probably, and a writer, and then I guess that's what you do. You go research, and then you put it all together for us. Well, you actually, at the top of the show, you explained it exactly right. I mean, we, we I think most of us would quickly answer yes to the question, do fathers matter? But what I wanted to do was go out and see, okay, exactly how do they matter? What is the science showing us? And let's get rid of, you know, the myths and the stereotypes and the generalizations we have. Let's get rid of Homer Simpson for at least a little while. <laughs> Please. And look at what... Uh, what what we really know about fathers from the scientific research. So, yeah, I do. I mean, I guess I do straddle the world from being a writer and being a scientist. Um, but that's part of the fun of my job is to try to bring those things together. Did Did you notice? Um, did you notice, or did you make up the need for this case before or after you had your own children? Well, I, you know, like you, I felt that I was important to my kids, and I didn't need to collect research to reassure myself about that. Right. Um, but but uh, you, you I, changed, I did, too, probably, right? Thinking... But, but I've changed. And, I, you know, I have three grown kids, and I'm married for the second time. I have two young kids. Hmm. And everybody asks me if, you know, it's like, how, isn't it easier the second time around? And, <laughs> and I, I usually lie and say yes. But the truth is, you know, I find myself so, still making some of the same mistakes. Sure. The first go around, it's it's not easy this fatherhood thing sometimes. <laughs> no, nope. uh, but but I think learning about the research has helped me a lot, and uh, I think that uh, you know there are a lot of things about, that speak to the question of good communication and closeness between fathers and kids, and spending time with kids. You know, sometimes we like to think of things we can do where we don't have enough time, and we try to do something that. You know, quality time, as we sometimes yeah, say. You yeah. know, I only have 15 minutes. I'm going to make it good, and that's fine. Make it a good 15 minutes, but 
it's not going to be a substitute for spending more time with your kids. So we can't, we can't all arrange to spend a lot of time with our kids, you know, with work and other right. pressures that we have. But the idea, I think, is to spend as much time as you can. That's not a real subtle finding. No. But a lot of the subtle findings lead to that conclusion. Hey, start taking us down the science uh, path. What are you noticing? What is science saying? What are some of the studies that are going on? That are, are well, and what are they teaching us? Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, one of the interesting things I discovered is that during pregnancy, um, a father is pretty much on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. At least that's what we've always thought. It turns out that there's a lot of action on the father's side during pregnancy. If a father is close to his partner when she's pregnant, he begins to undergo a series of really profound biological changes. Just being near his pregnant partner, wow. his testosterone starts to fall, his uh, oxytocin rises, that's a hormone associated with bonding and human interaction, mm-hmm. and fathers even experience a rise in prolactin, which I didn't know we had prolactin. Yeah, I know. Where, by the way, where do we store that? Well, yeah, I don't know where that is the rest of the time, but you know, <laughs> we normally think of prolactin as a hormone that rises in women when they're nursing. Yeah. And so uh, these kinds of things are happening in fathers. And so the science tells us that these changes are happening. Then Mm. we step into speculation to ask why that's happening. And what researchers believe is that, you know, men's first job, if we think of of men as biological animals for a minute, which which may be actually easy for a lot of people to do. Yeah, sure. uh, But think of us, we're, we're animals like other animals. And so one of the first jobs we do as we mature is to compete for mates. And we don't normally think of, we think of, um, you know, monkeys doing that, but right. we do that too. So we compete, and uh, once we've mated and begin to reproduce, have children, that's a very different job. And so what seems to be going on here, you know, testosterone can be associated with aggression and competition. And that when the testosterone falls and these other hormones rise, uh, men are being transformed from competitors into more nurturing figures wow. and being prepared to become parents, which is pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and what's amazing is it's not even really known to you. You just... That's right. We're unaware of it. Because women but, tend know, to nest, right? So they're, they're already... You can see them making lists and needing to paint stuff and let's get the room finished and kind of that anxiety about all of that. But then, you know, who would think right. that the testosterone, the competitor in you is going to kind of soften and start to change? It's cool. That's right. I mean, it, once you think about it, it makes sense, you know, yeah. that, that men should behave differently. But until very recently, nobody knew this. That's and there's, there's another example, again, during pregnancy, when you don't expect too much of a bond. If a father experiences depression during pregnancy, so prenatal depression yeah. in, this, in this case, um, that child has an increased, increased risk of depression for its entire life. Now, the father and the fetus have not met Yes. What? That's They've had no crazy. contact. The father yeah. has obviously been important in starting that process, but otherwise they've had no interaction, and yet the father's depression will increase the risk of depression in the child. Now, this is different. If a father has a genetic predisposition to depression, then, of course, his children may have that, too. But this is looking at men with depression specifically during their partner's pregnancy. Holy that increases cow. the risk even more. And it's a little mysterious, but what it is. is probably happening is that men's behavior is affecting the behavior of their partners, okay. and their partner's behavior is affecting the developing fetus. Yeah. So again, what's important to me about that 
is it shows how incredible this bond is between fathers and children, even before the children are born. And the impact we have, regardless of our understanding. Yeah, that's right. It's a lot of, there's a lot of biology going on here that we're completely uh, unaware of. And, you know, and this process continues when the kids are, are born. Yeah. Um, some studies have shown that uh, if you blindfold fathers and expose them to a number of babies, including their own, that just by touching the baby's hands, they can recognize their own baby. Wow. And this is, in, you know, only after having spent some hours with the baby in the very yeah. first yeah. period of its life. I, by the way, um, I could recognize which stinky child was mine. Ah, there you go. <laughs> well, you know, and that's, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't bring research on that particular question, yeah. but hey. it makes sense in terms of the things we're talking about that, you know, you're genetically related yeah. to the child and uh, there's going to be a connection. There's something there. We're talking with Paul Rayburn, the author of the upcoming book, Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked. We're going to take a break, Paul. When we come back, I want to hear more. I want to keep learning from you. Science is teaching us a lot, dads. You matter, and you're impacting well beyond you even uh, your knowledge about how much you're impacting. Pay attention. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. On the phone with Paul Rayburn. You got to go check out his website, paulrayburn.com. Rayburn is spelled R-A-E-B-U-R-N, rayburn.com. Really, a scientist in, in the mind, along with an incredible journalist, and he puts those two together, and then he kind of sorts through some of the difficult things of life. Uh, graduate of MIT in physics, for heaven's sakes, uh, blogger about fathers on Psychology Today, is the chief media critic for the Night Science Journalism Tracker at MIT. He also, by the way, I didn't say this earlier, has a, um, or, or did spend a lot of time as a host, a radio show host uh, of, called Innovations in Medicine and the Washington Health Report on XM Satellite Radio. So the dude knows what he's doing, for heaven's sakes. But he's coming out with this book, Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked. And uh, Paul and I are in agreement. Fathers matter. And man, you would think, Paul, that all this chemical stuff's going on. Like, we always kind yeah. of think of the female to be the real chemical person. Yeah, that's that's right. And I think it's a surprise that so much is happening with the uh fathers, as we discussed, and I mean, there were a number of other things like that in the book that uh, surprised me. Another one, uh, if I give you another example. Yeah, please. uh, A fellow by the name of James Swain at the University of Michigan, um, who happens to be a new father himself, he just emailed me the other day. Oh, really? uh, Has been putting fathers in brain scanners and asking them um, to listen to some sounds from, from outside. So he plays a bunch of infant cries for the fathers. He plays some other horrible fingernails on the blackboard type sounds, and included in there somewhere is a cry of his own infant. Huh. And wouldn't you believe that not only do we have these chemical changes in the body, 
we have changes in the brain. The father's brain reacts in a unique way to his own infant's cry mm. that's different from the way it reacts to any other infant's cry. So uh, they, they haven't yet sorted out exactly what's going on sure. there. But again, it seemed, as we talked about the hormones preparing men for fatherhood, this seems to be something in the brain that has prepared men to respond to their infant's crying. It's... Um... Oh, I, actually, to me, it drives a lot of hope because I think we just think men are just a bunch of blobs, just duh, you know, mouth breathing, whatever that don't Neanderthals that don't get it. But something about it is so I think enlightening to know that your body responds to your own baby's cry. Subconsciously, right. you know what's going on. And then sometimes right. it might be we don't re- respond as well, but I love it. I also think maybe what the father may be responding to is the fear of his wife's being mad if he doesn't get up and get the baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's also, it's funny, there's also research that shows that men actually, men can do a better job of calming infants in the middle of the night really? than women. See, and, I've always believed that. somewhat mysterious. This is a this is a research result. I think many men have tried to suppress, yeah. so that they wouldn't like, be quiet. getting up every night. <laughs> you know, this is research that many mothers would love to know more about. Yeah, yeah, that's just folklore. Don't listen to that research. No, but I, I, part, I mean, too, I, I, I felt I could be good at that, and part of it, I, I don't know. I we use techniques sometimes that the ladies may not use, like startle. And tossing, (laughs) spinning. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's true. You know, you're actually raising an interesting point. Uh, One of the things I talk about a lot in the book is the importance of play. And I think this is one piece of research that most people know about, namely that fathers play differently with their kids. Oh, yeah, we talked about that right before we brought you on. But explain it more. So, yeah, so the the, the sort of scientific term is rough-and-tumble play. And the notion is that uh, fathers will be a little more freeform with their kids. They're like, you know, the, the classic thing, the cover of my book has a picture of a father throwing a baby exactly. up in the air. Yeah. And, you know, you just see men doing that more than mothers. Men are more likely to roll around on the floor and <laughs> tickle their kids. and Wrestle. Uh, All-star know, wrestling. And exactly. All of that stuff. And it's just what fathers do. Fathers uh, are more likely to do those kinds of open-ended things than they are to play more formal games with rules and so forth. Yeah. And it, it turns out, so this is fun, it's interesting, we all know about it, but these kinds of things prepare children uh, for, for other social engagements in a way that lasts a lifetime. For example, one of the things that's turned out to be important in the research, you know, it's always important how much time fathers spend and so forth, but there's a critical thing that was an eye-opener to me, and it's changed the way I treat my own kids, and that is, that um, fathers should listen and be accepting and take suggestions from their kids. So uh, what you don't want to do is sit down with the kids and say, okay, now we're going to play this game, or now we're going to do this. Let the kids pick. Let Mm. the kids, you know, change the rules on shoots and ladders if they want to skip a nasty shoot somewhere along the way. Uh, You know, not all the time, but there should be give and take between father and child. And so the child learns that it, you know, it becomes more confident about what he, he or she wants to say, or learns to get a warm response from his father, huh. and all of those things. And it turns out that those things, even at a very early age, persist to the point where those kids are more socially at ease uh, as adults. So, uh, you know, play 
turns out to be really a critically important thing. It's So play really is their socialization, right? And so we're allowing them to kind of get socialized through play into understanding rules, undertaking leadership positions or roles, dealing with change, managing emotion, all of those That's, r- that's right. And if they have a warm, accepting father, they're doing that in a very safe environment. That's beautiful. So uh, then they, you know, and so sometimes another phrase people use is that fathers sometimes can be seen as a bridge to the outside world, you know, a bridge from the family to the outside world to help prepare kids for what they're going to encounter yeah. out there in the jungle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really interesting piece of research, I think, and that's one of a number of these things that do make you rethink, you know, how you handle your kids as a father. It, it uh, you know, sometimes it feels like we don't know what to do. And when we kind of just do what's natural, we would probably just end up kind of free-flowing a wrestling match or, or um, something, or grabbing a ball and playing some catch. Or, and I, I guess that's part of the key here that you're finding is maybe more it's, it's more important that we're present. And then when we're present, now we can learn some other things like let the child lead, kind of let them right. be accepting of it. But is, is it – because, too, in the end, a lot of dads just aren't around. And yeah. so, what do we? What do, is there anything you're seeing in the science about what might be, you know, making dads not want to step up to this role? Well, you know, I didn't. So I was looking at fathers and children. So I didn't look specifically at why so many families are uh, just have a single parent now. Mm-hmm. But I did look at you know one way to learn about what fathers contribute to their kids is look at families when a father isn't there. Right. So you see the absence of the father. What ha- What happens? How do we How do we know he's gone? And there's a very interesting bit of research and really sad, kind of a sad thing, with uh, teenage girls. So it turns out that um, when fathers are away from the family and more or less disengaged from their children. Teenage girls go into puberty as much as a year sooner. Oh, really? They're more likely to engage in risky sexual behavior. They're more likely to become pregnant as teenagers. They're more likely to be involved in delinquency and criminal justice. They just really go down, you know, a, hmm. a, a path that's very discouraging. Yeah. And it gives them, a, a, you know, a much a many more challenges. When a father is there, a father protects them against that. They go into puberty later. Uh, they're less likely to engage in risky sexual behavior. So... This isn't because the father gave them a good talking to yeah. uh, or anything the father consciously did. Again, it's another one of those biological things that we've been talking about. What people think is going on is that the father, perhaps because of his pheromones or his sense, essentially, yeah. is sending signals to his daughter all subconsciously. When a father is there and the family is secure, the daughter knows she has a safe environment in which to mature and prepare herself for her time to leave the family and go out form her own family. When the father's not there, it's more of a crisis situation. Hmm. What it looks like, again, on a subconscious level, is this is a bit risky here. I need to get out sooner to form my own family and find a secure situation. So, yeah. hence the early puberty, the more sexual risk-taking, and so forth. And, you know, that's that tells me, again, it's another piece of evidence of, you know, incredible bond between fathers and their children. And that tells me that, you know, getting fathers back in the family, it's a, it's a different kind of argument for why we ought to try to keep families together or help them stay together. Sure. So, you know, because of the association with delinquency and crime, you could take a community, say, where there's a lot of violence in urban community, perhaps, 
and think about all kinds of ways you could attack that violence, more policing, different laws, court behavior, and so forth. But one of the things that could help reduce that violence would be to get fathers more involved with their kids. Yeah. And just to step back for a minute, we talked about pregnancy and so forth. Another interesting correlation is that when fathers are involved with their partners during their partner's pregnancy, they're much, much more likely to remain involved with the kids through their lives. Hmm. So encouraging the fathers to be involved during pregnancy, again, is one of those things that can set in motion a, a happy course of events that can ease these transitions for their kids. So if we know those things, you know, we can have an informed discussion about what kinds of policies and things we want to do to try to solve some of these problems sure. for teenagers. If we don't know about that research, we can't have that conversation. No, and, and then we kind of just do the natural thing, which is, yeah, stay away from that boy. Sure, you're carrying the, the baby, but stay away from that kid. But in right, reality, right. We, we, then we wonder why the dads are never around. Um, right. That's exactly right. Oh, it's, it really is. It's a it's a it's so amazing how the chemistry just keeps rearing its head and really how complicated it is. And maybe this, too, is also surprising to us because we haven't done the research. We're just barely starting the research. I mean, we've always kind of known and even research based known how important mothers are. Now we're right. getting a grasp of the role as dads that we play. Huge. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's, that's what it adds up to. This is five or six years of research here to collect these things. Yeah. And that's uh, essentially what it adds up to. And, you know, you talk about how it feels natural for us as fathers, you know, to do some of these things with our kids. And, you know, the reason it feels natural is reflecting that underlying biology that we're talking about. Exactly. You know? No, exactly. And, and, yeah, we're just kind of responding to our nature, or, or even the, the subconscious, even the ones. And I want you to come back and talk about the oxytocin one. You just posted something on Twitter that was about oxytocin and play and, and connecting to their children um, right. that I think is fascinating. We're talking to Paul Rayburn. Go check out his website, paulrayburn.com. He is the author of the new book that will be out on Father's Day, Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked. Awesome stuff. Great guest. More with Paul Rayburn right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, kiddos, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your uh, guide on the side. I'll be your father for the next 13 minutes. That sounds weird. Guiding you through the chaos of life. We are talking today about fathers. Do they matter? Do they really matter? Um, you know, take them or leave them. Well, they'd matter more if they do more. I hear that all the time. Yeah, well, we know he's important, but he sure doesn't step up. Sure. Okay. Well, let's go figure out what we can about why dads matter. And so we've asked Paul Rayburn to join us. He is the author of the soon-to-be-released on Father's Day book, Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked. And um, Paul Rayburn, MIT graduate in uh, physics, he... He's a really, it seems like, a writer. He's just curious, and he's a writer at heart. And um, he had a radio show. He's done it all. He's been on every national show you can imagine. He also is a contributor to the New York Times, Discover, Scientific American, The Huffington Post. 
He is the science editor in chief uh, from 81 to 96. He was the science editor and correspondent at the Associated Press. The guy's been all over the place. Uh, again, too, dad, I think he was of uh, five kids, three grown, two, two younger kidlets. He's a native of Detroit, lives in New York City with his wife, the writer Elizabeth DeVita Rayburn, and their two children. But with this new book coming out, you're going to want to go check out his website and all the links. He's tweeting all over the place, too. <laughs> Paul, uh, or go to paulrayburn.com, Paul Rayburn, Rayburn spelled R-A-E-B-U-R-N. Paul, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, man. I'm having fun. Are you? I am having a ton of fun. In <laughs> fact, I, you're my new favorite guest because, A, you're validating my identity as a father, and you're also telling me that a lot of this is natural. Um, talk about that, the 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 tweet you just sent out about an hour ago, was it? about Yeah, uh, oxytocin. It, yeah. So, so I, oxytocin, uh, you you may have heard of, and some of the listeners oh, yeah. may have heard of it. By the way, it's my favorite. It's my favorite chemical. Love hormone, right? Yeah, yeah. So I made sure that the phrase "the love hormone" did not appear anywhere in my book because <laughs> we've heard that so many times. Yeah, exactly. But it's associated, so it rises when people bond. It's associated with kind of bonding and uh, collegiality and love. In fact, um, when two people fall in love, so. Uh, very interesting, again, profound biological change, the levels of oxytocin going up and down. So it turns out, and we talked about play already, that when fathers play with their kids, their oxytocin levels rise. Hmm. So this has the, that's the science. I'll tell you my, yeah, my what's your take? speculation on that is that the, uh, you know, the more fathers play with their kids, the nicer they're likely to be to their wives <laughs> with their boosted oxytocin. Well, exactly. So, and the more attractive they are, huh? That's right. That's right. That's so, cool. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a double benefit there: benefit for the child, benefit for the father. That's right. So, and, if, if you want uh, more loving from the wife, you got to play with the kids more. Take care of the kids. You know, That's again, great. as we as we've said several times now, it's kind of thing that sort of comes natural, but we're we're comes naturally, but we're looking at the biological basis for a lot of these things. So, there's another set of experiments that turn that around. So what researchers did is give fathers a sniff of oxytocin. So it can be, I get into the system just through, through a little inhaler. Give them a sniff of oxytocin, and they play much differently with their children. They're much more responsive. There's more give and take. All the things we talked about Holy cow. that are good in fathers play with children happen more often when fathers get a sniff of oxytocin. Do you know how marketable so that is? Yeah. Every yeah. wife, the so, minute he's getting a little temperamental, she'd walk by and just spray something in his face. She'd right. spritz him. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, there's even been some speculation that as we learn more about this, that, you know, this, this, um, that the way to treat some problems between fathers and children might be to treat the father, to treat the father with oxytocin or some other cocktail huh. yeah. uh, drugs that might, might be helpful in easing off some emotional difficulties or building up some connection. So that's a long way down the road, and I yeah. do not recommend that anybody get their hands on oxytocin and try these <laughs> experiments. But, um, you know, it does raise interesting questions. It's another one of those things that when you look at the research, you're surprised by some of the interesting ideas that's... Uh, and that change our conception of fathers. Well, and think about where will we be in 25 years from now because of research like this? What questions are we asking that you know, might be a key to therapy or might be a, a, an approach to, you know, medicating a father that's that's got anger issues or outbursts and how it impacts right. his children. Right. It's, it's really... Right. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, I mean, we, cool. you know, we'll certainly know a lot more and we'll have a better idea 
you know, how to help families with some of these kinds of problems. I mean, ultimately, you know, we're talking about fathers, but what are we really talking about? We're talking about kids. Yeah. You know, most of us, I think, would say that nothing's more important to us than raising, you know, kids who are healthy and, you know, and ready to go out and meet the world. And um, the more we learn about fathers and the contributions they make, the better job we can do of that. And uh, so, you know, I, I felt like, that, that was a realization that came to me late in the research on the book. Uh, I thought, I'm looking at fathers. I want to find out about fathers. I didn't really, you know, yes, I'm curious about fathers uh, just as a writer, but what I really care about is what we can do to help our kids. Mm. Oh, I mean, again, what a blessing because I, you know, I, I look at these people that I coach a lot and work with in their relationships, and we really are just kind of throwing everybody almost to the lion's. We don't do much training in marriage. We don't do much, you know, educating and teaching beforehand necessarily. We don't. We especially don't do a, probably enough of it before they get have children. Then we kind of just assume they'll know how to parent. I mean, it's it's funny that we don't. We educate them to drive. We educate them to do all of these things, but these most basic roles. Yeah. Well, you know, we're we're well, we're talking on the one hand about these biological factors that should make it easy for us to be good parents. We're also fighting a stiff headwind in a lot of the cultural messages we get. So, you know, Homer Simpson comes up a lot in these kinds of conversations, you know. Every father rolls kind of, yeah. But, you know, it's just just such a stereotype that, you know, things become stereotypes because they have elements of truth in them. Uh, But that's so over the top, and there's so many shows uh, that feature boorish fathers and, you know, I mentioned in the book some of the television commercials. You know, a couple of years ago, Huggies Diapers ran some commercials, and they said, let's really put our diapers to the test. And the way they did that was by giving them the poppers. Oh, boy. Presumably, we're going to shred them, or I don't know what they thought yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. But but it feeds that notion that fathers don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know lots of father activists, I'm not too working on the book, who do not take that sort of thing lying down. No. I tend to shrug it off. But if there were other couple of other people I can think of who were in the conversation with us, they get downright angry yep. at the mention of those things, and I, and I understand that. You know, we're, we're, it, it's not easy to be a parent in a lot of ways, and uh, it's, it's more difficult if we're being hit with cultural stereotypes that, uh, you know, that make us maybe question our confidence in them. Especially in a time when we need dads to be there. Because it's going to impact the kids. And then all of a sudden, yeah, just the culture or the stereotype might be perpetuating the myth. Um, Talk about, just as we're wrapping up, uh, we have, I don't know, three or four minutes. Give us some advice. So what what do you suggest to us dads? I mean, one thing, obviously, is play, spend more time if you can with your kids, be present. Um, What what other things that you would you, you know, in all your research stand out as must-dos as dads? Well, I think there, I hope people will look at the book because there are a lot of things, some, you know, some apply to me, some will apply to other fathers, some to you, and in different kinds of ways. But one of the things that I found, we talked about this give and take uh, with kids, and I I tend to be a little more authoritarian Mm -hmm. than I wish I were. So I'm inclined to say, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to play this game tonight because it's educational and you'll learn something about uh, rocks and minerals if we play this game. Yeah. Or we'll play this other game and, uh, you know, you'll learn how to count, you know, from my four-year-old. You'll improve your counting because you've got to count the spaces. And so, you know, I've, I've got an agenda. 
you know, yeah. not always entirely aware of it. But, you know, so I try to tell myself now, I try to catch myself when I do that and say, okay, you know, if, uh, if one of my kids wants to play a board game that I've played 10,000 times and I was <laughs> pretty much done with it the second time I played with it, yeah. well, I can, uh, I can go ahead and play that, that board game and because it's fun and because really what it's about is us having fun together, and it doesn't matter exactly what we're doing. Yep. Uh, and if that's what they want to do, they do. And I, you know, I used to shoot some ladders example because <clears throat> my four-year-old has a way of recounting the number of spaces he's supposed to move <laughs> when he discovers that he's approaching a shoot. You know, oh, wow. to go down to the beginning of the yeah. game. He'll be great and, in Vegas. Uh, occasionally, I think you know. <laughs> so what I try to do, sometimes I say something. You know, I think actually you landed here. You know? Yeah. And other times I let him get away with that because. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna understand, uh, and eventually on his own come to the idea that the game is more fun if they follow the rules. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that that's the point of it. But I don't need to like you know cram that down his throat. He'll yeah. figure that out, and he'd probably figure it out more quickly if I give him some room to kind of experiment with these things. So it's... that's one of the things that I took away. But I think the <clears throat> the thing for all fathers is the warmth of the relationship. You know, mm-hmm. really important and in. World War II, a lot of young recruits were not passing their physicals. And all the supposed experts says it's because fathers aren't exercising enough discipline when they're growing up. Mm. And everybody, quote-unquote, knew that was right. And that wasn't right. right. Because when researchers went back and looked at that, they said it's not the strong disciplinarians who are responsible for kids' success. It's the fathers who are warm and engaged. If the quality of the relationship is high... Those were the kids that were passing their physicals and that were able to do what they had to do. It's, the it's not the relationship was bad. That's when the kids had problems. Oh, that's beautiful. It's not the hard handedness, is it? It's just that's right. It's the dad that right. can connect to his kids and find different that's ways exactly to get them out. Right. And, and again, if you think about it for a minute, you know, a kid is not necessarily going to want to be like a very demanding, you know, and, and stern father. Yeah. But if the kid has a great relationship with his father. You know, that's what is going to make him want to be more like his father and it make you know ease the transition from childhood to manhood for that son. No, it's beautiful. Uh, the book, it's going to be released on Father's Day, right? It's actually out now. Oh, is it out? A few days ago. So it's, it's out? now available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and your local independents and all that stuff. Well, we wish you the best of luck with it. I, I really, I appreciate it, and I thank you for, for doing it and, and doing the research Doing the hard work because if we, I, you know, we ra- the rising tide raises all ships. If we can lift the the understanding about the role of fathers, I think fathers will ra- will step up to the occasion. Well, that's very kind of you, Matt, to say that, and I and I have to say it's really a pleasure to have a conversation with somebody who gets it. So ah. I really enjoyed this. Thank time you, Paul. Together. Paul, and we are going to have you back because I've been looking over your site, and I we just need an expert like you to to talk it out with us. So I'd Paul, love to do it. For sure. Paul Rayburn is his name. Go check it out. Paul Rayburn, R-A-E-B-U-R-N.com. Rayburn.com. Get the book, folks. Do Fathers Matter? Great Father's Day gift, for heaven's sakes. Go to Amazon or wherever. Pick that up. What science is telling us about the parent we've overlooked. Powerful stuff. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, our own Maddie Richards is going to tell us what she's looking for in a father. And uh, I think we'll all probably give our own opinions on that as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show, back after this.
Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, we are answering the question, do fathers matter? And just had an awesome guest, Paul Rayburn. Go check out his website, paulrayburn.com. The answer, by the way, totally, absolutely. And again, interestingly, it may depend on you, because how well do you make it matter as a dad? Oh, yeah. Because some dads maybe aren't pulling their weight, and they might matter a little maybe. less, you know? Well, some... according to society, all dads aren't pulling their I know. weight. You know, we're not all like Homer that, Simpson. That stereotype, no. you know. Some of us are like Al Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, some of us are like Ray Romano. It's funny. None of these hey, are he like, pulled his weight, though. Well, he did, except, you know, we're still goofballs. Well, there's you nothing can pull wrong your weight with being a goofball. goofball. Yeah. You're a weight-pulling goofball. Yeah. I like it. Hey, uh, Maddie. I think being goofball can be a, a good dad. Oh, yeah. In fact, I – that's me. Okay. Goofy. And But you know what? My kids, they get it. Hmm? They understand. Okay. My kids are very empathic to my goofiness. So are mine. They, they understand. They feel. Well, there was, there was a – okay. Do yours? Do last yours? last Sunday you? in church? Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Last Sunday in church, a uh, gentleman gets up to speak. And he's new in our in our congregation, <laughs> and he starts talking about himself and how he he yells at the TV when there's sports on, hmm. and then you know when he's driving, perhaps he's you know not the not paying attention, not the nicest. Oh, not talking. Yeah. And all my kids are just looking at me, going, Dad? "That's you, Dad. Is that you, <laughs> Dad? He's stealing your lines." Exactly. But see so. that you know that isn't that reassuring. We're all a little messed up. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I I know I messed up. That's not a that's a given. But it's also funny because you you know last night we had these kids in the car. Uh, all my children took friends to the firehouse fire station. Ooh, how fun! Yeah, it was a fun night of fire. And um, <laughs> at, the, marshmallows? at the airport, yeah, they, <laughs> some graham crackers, so and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it's just I'd have brought hot dogs. But it's fun because if you can help your kids make friends and look good. And roast a hot dog. There you go. While you're at a burning building, life's good. You go down to Burning Man, do the same thing. Yeah, I guess that's you know. There's another dad taking his kid, taking his kid to Burning Man, <laughs> the middle of the desert. Woohoo! Woo! Dancing, having yeah. I guess you know everyone's a different kind of dad. That's true. Thank heavens. Here's the deal, though. If you could mail order a dad, oh, what would you order? That's a good question. And think about that with your kids. If your kids could just, you know, get a little paper out, kind of like breakfast at a hotel where mm-hmm. you just kind of check the boxes of what you want for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Room service dad. Yeah. So it's kind of like Gattaca, but in reverse. Ah. Gattaca. Movie. You've never seen that movie? Yeah. No. Okay. Is Sean it Dumb and it. Dumber? No. No. Which Gattaca. Did you see the trailer for the Dumb and Dumber 2? Yes. As we get off the topic here? I did. Sorry. I saw it on Jimmy Fallon. I still have never liked that movie. Well, you need to pick up your standards. No, I'm sorry. You, <laughs> there's just some movies that you're supposed to just get. It's a visceral I do need thing. to watch it again. It's been a few years. You're, you're too heady. You're thinking. No, I'm not heady. You are. 
Because I like dodgeball. No, I've worn your headset. You're heady. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's what that meant. But you, but you, you, did you like dodgeball? I love dodgeball, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is that one you share with your kids? Yes. Okay. See? When You're, they get older, there's yeah, certain. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got to be age appropriate. Right. But you, you, see, that's great. I love that. Mm. There's a lot of things in life in you got to share. One of my kids. daughters is going to see Divergent today. Really? Yes. Hmm. You're a good dad. She's 13. Are you paying? No, her. She and a friend are going. I'm. I, she may be paying for herself. I don't. I don't know what the arrangements are. I'll bet you money you're paying. Don't even know it. It's possible. <laughs> I. I don't have a problem with that. When. When are you going to take the team out for a movie? <clears throat> I don't take team. I, you're kind of like I the dad to... of the team. You're the father of our team. Well, yeah. And I'm saying because you're, I'm I, the oldest person in the room. I guess. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but you're the you're the oldest. Well, Don. Don. Don's the oldest. He's probably not listening. Yeah, right. But that dude's old. <laughs> he's going to pop his head in here in about 30 Any seconds. I know. He's coming. I love doing that because then he'll come right in and then I can Actually, ask him Actually, he might be question. checking on computers and stuff. Yes. We've had some power bumps today. So, we'll so see. Don's like the father. But you're kind of like the uncle. You're like the weird uncle like I was. You're the <laughs> weird, weird uncle Sean. of the team. Are you calling me Fester? Is that you're Fester. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We have your nickname. You know, it takes a long time sometimes to get a nickname, but <laughs> so, then they just appear. Yeah, Fester, uh, Uncle Fester, Uncle. Fester. Can you? Okay, Juan. Uncle Name Fester. that TV show. Uh, Adam's family. Very good. Wow. Hey, so here's the deal, Maddie. Maddie Richard, she likes to be called. She went and basically she put together a little piece for us yes. about what she is expecting. I guess her future father of her children to be. Yeah, I think this is some good advice. It's though. great advice because when you're going and choosing a mate, this is one of the things I think you should look at. Honestly, it's going to last a whole lot longer yes, than it will. even what they may provide for you. Hit exactly. It. I'm not married, and I don't have any children yet. Getting married and having a family is something girls dream about from the time they're little. They play house, plan the wedding, name the babies and dream about their happily ever after that's ahead. The older I've gotten, this hasn't changed. Except now I think about other things. I think about actually being a mother and how terrifying it will be. I think about being responsible for another person and having people rely 100% on me. I think about having to do grown-up things and still try to be myself. And I also think about the man who will be the father of my kids. I already know a lot about him. He's kind. He's generous. He's loving and gentle. He respects me and he respects our family. He works his hardest to give us the best. He makes me laugh. He adores our daughters and treats them like princesses. And he teaches our sons to work hard and be gentlemen. It's easy to look at my father and see the kind of person I want to raise my kids. Too many women out there settle. They hear what they want to hear and they're gone in love with someone who doesn't cherish them. Time and time again, I hear stories of women who are left to be single mothers, women who are hurt by the men that are supposed to protect them. It breaks my heart. A father isn't supposed to be like that. So to the man who will raise my children one day, I want to say a few things. You're only as good as your weakest moment. I hope you're the same gentle, sweet, and kind person when things are the hardest as you are when things are the best. It's easy to have a temper. 
Strong men know how to control it. Complaining about your children makes them feel like a burden. They will lose respect for you if you do it. Time is better than money. I want you to do what you can to earn a living for our family, but our kids need you at home too. At times, our kids aren't going to like me. At other times, they aren't going to like you. By standing by each other, we show them how a family works. We chose each other. We could have picked other people, kept looking, moved on, but we didn't. You picked me, I picked you, and we picked to live this life. So now we get to love the choice we made. Praise from a dad is one of the best medicines in the world. Little kids love to be tickled, especially by their dad. Don't put too much pressure on our kids. They're just trying to please us. And I know you're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes too, and so will the kids. And so will our kids. But I hope we can all love each other anyway, forgive each other, and move forward. I want you to be the dad you've heard other people talk about. The one that built the Pinewood Derby car and taught the kids to ride a bike. Be the dad that's protective and kind, so no boy that takes our daughter out on a date would ever think about disrespecting you or her. Be the dad that calls to see how the car is running and ends up on the phone for an hour talking about life. Be the dad that helps with homework late at night and then makes hot chocolate as a treat. Do fathers matter? In our society, the answer appears to be leaning towards no. But for me and the kids that I'll have someday, a father is one of the most important things in the whole world. Wow, she's great. See what you do? You put Maddie on it. Oh, I know. And she gets all sentimental on you. I hate that. (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, she's good. Praise. I don't know if I agree with the tickle. Because my kids hate that. <laughs> but anyway. You know, having four daughters, it was it was yeah. a little hard to roughhouse. See, to me, I I bet it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, my daughter, we was, did. my daughter was the first one. So she she just got pretty rough. Yeah. She got into it. And I still tickle my daughters. Do you? Yeah. What's your big fear? Because to me, oh. I don't I, – I'm more afraid like one of my kids will just get hit with a baseball. Like, that's kind of my daily fear. Yeah, but you have boys. Ahead. My biggest fear. Yeah, four girls. There was a there was a, a story on the Today Show a few years ago that these four sisters all got married in the same year. <sighs> wow, nightmare. That's what I'm. That is my biggest. Fear. I've had a wedding and for us daughter, and that is <laughs> yeah. It's expensive. Uh huh. And it's stressful. My wife and I are thinking we'll just start saving up now. Yeah. We give them the money. Go to Vegas. Just sell, you know, sell your house. Take We're not all that of far your, away. Yeah, you're not. I would just sell your house and take all the equity out of your house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then divide it. I actually just gave my daughter a certain amount. Yeah. Here you go. Do whatever you want. You gave her a budget for the uh-huh. wedding? Yeah. yeah. This is it. This is Good. all you will ever get. Sure. If you and Because my father-in-law did that to, uh, to us, and it was beautiful because we didn't spend it all. Right. And we had money in our pocket. Right. That's great. And just don't embarrass me. The only problem is, is I have four daughters I have to do that yeah. with. Mm-hmm. No, I would be afraid. I'd be very afraid. Thank you. Especially if any of your daughters have taste. Uh, uh, they do because your kids- I have kids, one that is a fashionista. All cook, I know. And, they, and they, they're into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in trouble. My first one, and I've told them all, you're all wearing your mother's dress. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
We bought one dress, and yes. we bought it 20 bought years it ago. 20 years ago, <laughs> and you're wearing that. That's so sad. Oh, half the women out there listening are like, oh, that's... No, that, I mean, the sentimentality is beautiful, but that thing is nasty. They did not say yes to that dress. <laughs> they did not. Oh. Oh, that is sad. <laughs> but you know what? I can hardly wait to come to your wedding. I can hardly wait to come to the fourth of your daughter's weddings with that rasp, that's that what I'll be nasty, with. ragged I'll, dress. I'll be... <laughs> It's a little chair. dirty around the bottom. <laughs> it's totally frayed at the bottom. Yeah, this could be great. No, it's been sealed up. It's not. No, but every, after everyone wears it, it's going to get shredded no, more. No, oh, it will. No, no. The last one will like have seven beads on it. The first one will have five thousand. <laughs> the last one seven, and one's like hanging from a string, just <laughs> like a pendulum swinging. Good times. Good times. See, dads, this is what we bring. Let the mom and the daughter go worry about it. The rest of us. We're just going to sit there and laugh about the dress. Dads matter, kids. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jenny Layton will be joining us. Jenny Layton, remember, one of our contributors, you can find her at The Happy Gal. She's going to teach us what wives and moms should be teaching, you know, to others and their men to make sure that they're succeeding as fathers. What should we be doing to make sure we succeed as fathers this is the Matt Townsend Show, taking on daddyhood today, right here on BYU Radio. Oh, welcome back, kiddos, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, do fathers matter? That's the topic today. Absolutely. You matter, guys. Get over it. Deal with it. You matter. And we want to help you get the tools that you need to uh, matter and make sure you're, you're, you're truly influencing your family as much as you can. So who better to do that than Jenny Layton, the creator of the blog The Happy Gal. She's, you know, the author of the cookbook Healthy Eating the Happy Gal Way. You can find out a lot of information at her website, thehappygal.com. And Jenny lives in Kaysville with her husband, who's, by the way, the father of five children. And yes, he matters. Jenny Layton, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. How are you? Good to be here. Good. Good to have you. great. Hey. How are you doing? Excellent. Did did your husband just naturally know that he was just going to rock it as a father? I mean, you know, some people just rock as a father. He's a good dad. Is he? Yeah. Is it natural for him? It seems to be, yeah. He had a really good dad, too, so I Did think he? that helped. Yeah. yeah. Multi-generational dad mm-hmm. fathering. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. So what are you going to teach us? Because um, we've talked a lot about just the kind of the science behind what's making a good dad, but it seems like sometimes even when I feel like I'm doing a great job— and my wife's pretty great at this, but sometimes I feel like maybe the ladies don't quite think we're doing that great of a job. <laughs> well, I don't know where that no, comes from. I well, I don't know. I guess we always have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty strong opinions. So here's what's funny. I was listening to the talk before I came on about the wedding. Yeah. And last night I was at a family wedding. Oh boy! And, <laughs> so we hit really so, close to home. Well, what's funny is I was interviewing people while I was at the wedding. I was a really fun guest at the wedding. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I was seeing little kids 
if dads are important. Oh, neat. And then I was asking dads what they do when they feel like they're successful as a, as a father, what makes them feel important. Yeah. What kind of time what they said? Do you want to hear? Yeah. You know, your phone's kind of coming in and out. I think you, uh, you just probably need to stand by the window. Okay. Is that any better? <laughs> That's a lot better. Good. Okay. Okay. Go All ahead. Right. Yeah. So what, what so did what, the, what was the survey, survey results? Survey says, well, the kids were cute. Here's what the kids said. Dads are important because they fix my stuff when it gets broken. <laughs> I Very don't. Cool. You don't do that? No. I just watch it sit in the garage for about three years. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm so bad. you got to get on that. you just got to put batteries in it, Matt. That's all you got to do. Except and they'll think I, you're great. I tried, but it's actually a flat tire. Oh, so all those batteries are useless. For that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one says they help you get stuck down when you can't reach it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Do you have that one? Can I, you check that one? I do that one? one. I do that one. Good, good. Um, and then there was, you know, he takes care of us and he protects us and he earns money and gives us a place to live. Those were hmm. those were good. Yeah. Here, here was my favorite. One little kid, I said, is your dad important? Yeah. How come he's important? Because he's the boss. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's good. That's a well-trained child right there. That's what I thought. They've had some good conversations. <laughs> what, what, what did the dads say? What was that? What What were their comments? Well, so there were a couple that I thought were really good. Um, one of them said, "My favorite part of being a dad, when I know I'm being a good dad, is when the kids finally get what it is I'm trying to teach them. Hmm. Like you watch that light come on." And he said, "The exciting thing to him about that is that you know they own it and that they're going to teach it." They're going to pass it on, and it, it came from you. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. No, that is. That's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting that came up, and it kind of leads us into what I was thinking about talking about today, is one dad said when he likes it when his wife consults with him about stuff with the kids and values what he has to say and actually implements what he has to say. Yeah. Because so, a lot of times you feel like, I don't know. Like you're, I kind of have found my wife does stuff just because I'm not around. She takes charge. That's great. But then mm-hmm. I I tend to have to be the enforcer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'm enforcing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not a very fun job either. <laughs> no, it creates a weird. Yeah, it creates a weird role that I I yeah I, I don't know what to say here. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah, well, I thought it was. And, you know, I just think it's clear that, I mean, research all over, Paul did a great job of talking about why dads are so important. And um, it's it's clear that they have a really vital role. But I think it's interesting that as women and as wives and as mothers, we've got to be in on that because we really kind of paved the way for the dad to be able to step in and, and fulfill those important roles. Sure. You know? So, um, is that is I, is that an easy role though not to interrupt you because it's I just have noticed with in my own marriage that um, we we both bring so much so many unique talents and just so much stuff that is beneficial. Um, but I kind of look at my wife if she thinks she has to ramp up me. <laughs> Or get everyone else ramped up to listen to me. It's I. I sometimes wonder if she thinks she's dealing with another child. And I don't. I don't well, know where she gets that idea because 
I'm so not a child, obviously. Because you're clearly very mature. Very mature. <laughs> very. Like, I'd say, yeah, way mature. Well, the kids will naturally listen to you if that's the case. So mm, yeah. should be easy on your wife. Well, I think that's the thing that's hard. So is that as a mom, you're running the show all the time, yeah. you know, and then, you know, the ins and outs and the schedule and what's been discussed earlier in the day and to have dad come home and have to step into that parenting role and not really be privy to everything that's going on. It, it almost becomes, it's, it's not as convenient to then relinquish some of the control to your husband and right. to um, uphold the things that he's saying. And yet research is showing us that that's really important in a family. So how do we, how do we bridge that? That's cool. Yeah. So we got to yeah. talk and we got to get on the same page. Let's do it. So, yeah, I think the first thing that as women we need to do is just give dad the space to be the dad and, and not step in in the way of what it is he's trying to do. And like we talked about, that might not always be convenient, but when we understand how important it is, then we'll, we'll make that a priority and we'll do it. So one of the things that I was thinking about is I, our family's traditional where my husband works and I'm home with the kids, so I'm homemaker, mother, but over the last several years I've had more opportunities outside of the home to do things, and so that has been interesting because we've had a little bit of a role reversal um, at times where yeah. my husband's home with the kids and I'm the one that's out. <laughs> So that's actually been a really, really good thing for both of us in our marriage to see what the other one's experiencing. Yeah, that's, wow, that's a magical moment. When, mm-hmm. And it, it's one thing, you know, one night, but when, you, when you're when you gone three days, mm-hmm. four days, and you have to, and I had to figure out how to put my daughter's hair together. I'm sure that's not <laughs> the technical. Respect. Yeah, I bet that's not the technical way you're supposed to say that. When I had no, to <laughs> form a perfect bun in my child's hair, I, I don't know, but it's it's a big deal. And then deal with all the issues, and then get it all done, and then and then and then and then and then and then do the dishes, and then clean yeah. up, and then get the kids to bed, and then go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, big lesson. It is, and it, on the flip side too, it's really interesting for me to come home and be really tired and not quite emotionally ready to just jump in and engage the way I expect my husband to. Right. And that's helped me as a wife understand that I can't be too demanding when he comes home and recognize that, you know, he's had a tough day too, just because I don't necessarily know the ins and outs of it. Do you guys talk about it? Or, I mean, you both kind of probably experienced that separately, but did you ever get together and say, man, it's hard to be you? (laughs) Yeah, I usually elicit that conversation though because I like to say, "Now do you see?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I get it all done. Yeah, exactly. Now do you see how incredible I am? Now do you see why you're the luckiest man on this earth? Yeah. One of the fun things, though, as the father, I think the father gets to experience because when I come into the situation, is it's kind of fun to be the one that does come in with some fresh energy and perspective that's not really bogged down by everything that's gone on during the day. It's fun to come home and be the good guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, all the kids are like, (laughs) mom's mad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a cool moment. I watch the way my husband can get really emotionally involved in things that it starts to go down that path where it's like, it gets kind of ridiculous, but you get sucked into it as the main caretaker. Yeah. And as the spouse that comes home then and sees, oh, wow, okay, let's, re- let's recenter. This is probably not that big of a deal. 
um, I can appreciate that from my husband now when he comes home with that fresh perspective. And I, I can recognize that, wow, just because I thought that it needed to go a certain way or we needed to parent or discipline in a certain way, right. I'm appreciating that fresh perspective that comes home in a whole new way. Yeah, I love that. In fact, that's, and that's just a great little test. Go switch, go switch roles a little bit if you can, or in, in life it'll eventually switch for you. Hey, we're, ta- we're talking to Jenny Layton, the happy gal from thehappygal.com, blogger extraordinaire, author, mother, And today she's teaching us about how wives and mothers can help men feel important in their roles as fathers. We're taking a break. We'll come back more with Jenny Layton right here on The Matt Townsend Show. To the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're talking to Jenny Layton, and she's the happy gal at happygal.com. Go check out her website. Jenny is teaching us uh, kind of the tools, the skills, maybe what mothers can do, wives can do to make sure that their men feel important in their roles as fathers. Again, we all need to step up, and uh, I think it's in the best interest of our children, our family, everybody in our lives to, to take a very you know, focused, intentional effort to strengthen fathers. You know, they matter, they get results, and when we're involved, boy, it can seriously create some powerful benefits. So, Jenny, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. And thanks for, uh, you know, taking on the subject, teaching moms and wives about how they can teach their dad, or how they can be better, more effective at motivating the fathers in their lives. What uh, what other little bits of advice have you got? For one is just giving dad the space to be the dad, right? We've got to, you know, let him have a space. Yeah. Yeah, and what's funny, I think, is you go, okay, all right, so, yeah, I'm going to let him come home, and when he gets home, you know, if he says something and it doesn't drive, then, <laughs> you know, it's okay. I'm yeah. just going to go with it. That's hard to do. That totally <laughs> you know, is. You start no, going, yeah. oh, I said we were going to put the kids to bed early tonight, and Dad's saying we're going to go out for ice cream or whatever it is. Right. So that's kind of the next thing is bite your tongue, you know? Yeah. You need to be united as parents, and we've heard that before, but in the interest of today's topic, um, support him and and don't override what he says or discount or discredit what he says. And and it it seems like, oh, that's just so old school, but— yeah. Honestly, if you're going to not bite your tongue, then get used to doing it alone. <laughs> yeah. Because and then if we if, complain if, about that. Yeah, if right? it's always wrong, if it's if it's never good enough, if it's always can be better, especially in your way because you saw it on Pinterest, then <laughs> then all of a sudden maybe, you know, maybe you're just better at it. And so great. Okay, I'll let you do it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, you do it. You do it. You're great. So that we've got to be, we can't be short-sighted in that. If if we can see and are convinced and feel the power of this working family where the dad's just clearly involved and contributing and a leader in the home, and we and that's what we want, then 
we've got to establish kind of these checkpoints along the way of this is what we're going to do in this situation so that we can get that. Because it's not, like we said earlier, it's just not always convenient in the moment to go with what he's saying. But if you can look long term for the benefit of your kids and your family, and really, I think as a woman for your own well-being as well, it's good. It's good to let to to welcome him back in. Yeah. Let him have an opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, you married him because he has a brain. You married yeah, him because he's... Don't forget that. Yeah. And so it's it's not like we're Martians and we're coming in and show he's this a baby. It's not that bad. It's But all of a sudden, I think a lot of times that's what guys feel like because, man, it's the weirdest thing. I I can perform surgery, but darn if I can't <laughs> load the dishwasher. And I even bought the dishwasher and I actually know how many engines it has and but it's it really is it, we can kind of get this inferiority complex and then it's almost a competition to see who's smarter who's better in the home mm-hmm. instead of a partnership it, it's not what and ultimately as a woman this is the crazy thing. That's not what you want. Anyway, you don't want to be the one left that has to load the dishwasher every right. time because it has to be done a certain way. So again, if you can look a little more long-term, you can recognize that this is really what's best for you too. You don't want to have to be the one that's always disciplining the kids, you know, yeah. So, yeah. to let him in. The other really important thing I think that happens when, if you do criticize or override him is look at that message that that is sending to the kids, both in terms of, can they respect him as well? And also, to especially, I think, to your son, how important are fathers? You know, the topic of the whole show, do fathers matter? Yeah. Well, maybe not, because his his judgment was just overthrown. <laughs> well, and, and, and this can go both ways, right? Because dads should make mm-hmm. sure that they're not criticizing. It's yes. it really, the rules are the same. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it, it, we're so fickle, aren't we? Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of got... Everyone's got their little pet peeve and their way it has to be done. And and then all of a sudden you say something and then one's too sensitive and all of a sudden we're everyone's offended. And then all we're doing is watching Ray Romano replays. <laughs> well, it just comes to me that it just, I think, comes down to being unselfish and, um, you know, not having your own agenda at the forefront, but thinking about the family and thinking about your spouse who you love, whether you're talking about your husband or your wife, right? and and that um, their opinions matter and that things can go a different way than the way you think they need to go. That's cool. I mean, that's yeah. cool. And what else do you expect, right? I mean, <laughs> we, we can be there. We can step up for each other. Do you, did you, because um, one of the things I'm seeing with like a, such a high divorce rate and people divorcing, maybe some of us don't have dads in the home. So we don't see the role play. We don't see what a healthy father in the home looks like. And mm-hmm. and, and so that's I, I think that's why it's so important what you're saying is we are modeling for our children what fathering looks like and what mothering mm-hmm. looks like and what mothers and fathers can look like together. Yep. And we're championing both roles, too. Yeah. We're not undermining. And that's really important. And that was kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about is I, I really try to message to my kids through words and through actions how lucky they are to have a wonderful father. And in a situation where there's not a father in the home, then you would then look to a grandfather or an uncle yeah. or someone that is stepping into that role, someone that you want to have really be the model for what you'd want your sons to be or your daughters to look for. But just... You know, if, if dad's up late helping the kids with homework, 
the next morning, I'll say, wow, aren't you lucky to have a dad that loves you so much that he'll mm. help you? Or, you know, if, we'll, if we make a purchase, you know, we are so lucky to have a dad that works so hard for us that we have the money to, to buy this for you. And I think that's important. Well, that's huge. I love that. Yeah. Can you yeah. call my house tonight? <laughs> Is you that weird? That. I mean, I know it's weird, <laughs> but you just, just talk to my wife, tell her who you are, and then just like, you know, just get the kids on the phone. And then you know what? She's already doing all this, Matt. No, she she, she does do that. Married. She does do that. It's just my kids need to hear it. She does a great <laughs> job of that. But it's almost like they don't believe their mom. Yeah. You know? They sure do as soon as they become parents, though, don't it's they? So true. I can hardly <laughs> wait for that moment. I say that all the time. You just wait. <laughs> I, I know. I don't even say it. I just I want it to be a real shocker. I want them to. I want it to sneak up and just like T-bone them. Boom! Out of nowhere. Yeah. Boom! It's the only thing. It's the only thing that gets you through those moments when you have to just bite your tongue. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. But you're you're what you're sharing is so powerful. I think this idea of the partnership and the roles that moms can play to kind of pump up the dad and the dads can play to pump up the mom. How how invigorating would that be to have your dad? Or your husband keep bringing up, man, you guys know how lucky you are to yeah. have a mom who's willing yeah. to stay home. I mean, well, and be you with you guys that, or to work so hard and come home. So as a mother, as you say that, I think, wow, if if my husband, which he does, yeah. but I mean, if the more they say those kinds of things, that just does nothing but fosters more positive feelings and love in your home. Yeah. And as a mother, that is really, really empowering to me. So it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, I and it's not hard, is it? It's, no, it's something it's, that's easy it's, to do. It's just being aware of it. And that's what I was thinking about today's segment is just having those things in mind of giving, giving your husband the space to be a dad and making sure you're supporting what he's saying when he says it and then building him up. If you can have those three things in the forefront of your mind, when you settle back into normal life, when the radio show's over and you go home and you get irritated, yeah. you go, oh, I established these checkpoints, that's right. Here's a perfect opportunity to give this a try. And, and tomorrow we do it again, right? We just try it again. Yeah. That's the neat do. thing about parenting is, you know, you know, a good night's sleep, everyone forgets. Everyone <laughs> forgets what happened, the meltdown last night. Yeah. And, and we do it again. We try again tomorrow, every day. There's always plenty of opportunity to learn that lesson again, isn't there? Oh, you're so good. Seriously, Jen, that's... It's a good message. And they need to go to your website. I'm sure you're going to be blogging about that all day long. I'm, I'm going right now. Are you? <laughs> maybe it, not. Maybe not, there yeah. Is, there's a great... Do you remember Sarah with the Happy Gals? Oh, yeah. Your guest yeah. a little while ago. Yeah. She just wrote a really great post on the beauty of a strong marriage. Hmm. A really good one. So... We, we put that up there for Father's Day, so that's, uh, that that's might be great. a good one for people to go listen to. Well, and Sarah, so. I mean, Sarah's husband came with her, mm-hmm. and that dude's smitten. <laughs> he should be. She's amazing. He's a great guy, and she's yeah. a great gal, but, you know, they're obviously they're in love because he came yeah. to her radio interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true love. And I can't even get my family to listen to my radio show, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> No, my wife does. My wife does every day. It's cute. Well, maybe, hopefully she listened today, huh? She did. Yeah, she did. And she's and already got this home, down. She'll say, aren't we lucky to have such a good dad? That he'll go get dinner. <laughs> that he's going to do the dishes tonight <laughs> yeah. without me even asking. <laughs> oh, boy. Look what you've taught her. That's good. You told me to talk to her. <laughs> I know. You did. Uh, maybe. Hey, you know what? Don't call. 
Don't call tonight, Jen. <laughs> I've been uninvited. You've been disinvited. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us again, Jen. Um, again, you you nailed it. Hit it out of the park. Give your wow. husband a hug from me. That might be a little weird, but it's, no, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> I guarantee it'll be weird. But I'm going to blog about that one. <laughs> that's what we're going for. A little awkward moment, you and your husband. Hey, this is from Matt. <laughs> well done, Jenny. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Matt. Happy T- Father's Day. Thank you. And take care of yourself and your littles. Hey, we're taking a break. We are going to come back. When we come back, we're going to have a little uh, round table here. We're going to talk about, well, I guess not. Sean's going to teach us, but I have a feeling we're going to get everyone involved. I want to. Sean's going to teach us the lessons he learned by being a father, right? By being a father. You can't flush a towel down the toilet. That's what I learned. Can't do it. Big towel absorbs a lot of water. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we've been talking about, uh, you know, do dads matter? Of course! What are you thinking? Where would you be without a father? Nowhere. Genetically, you wouldn't exist. We need dads. More importantly, they, we help socialize, we help uh, provide, we help protect, we help lift, refine. We help we, divide and conquer. We help divide and conquer. Yeah. We teach our children All those things military that things. the mother may not ever teach. Like, hey, jump off. No, jump off the deck. Yeah. Jump into the snowbank. jump into the pool. You'll jump, learn how to swim. Do not make me push you off this, <laughs> into the snowbank. You jump in that bank. Stuff like that. Sure. We teach you how to dive into the pool. Actually, my wife taught me. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I wasn't a big diver. I have to teach my wife how to swim. Not really? Does she not know how to swim? Not really. Well, that'll be fun. My kids all know. Really? Mm-hmm. You know how I learned? How? Tooele County Pool. Okay. It's kind of dirty. <laughs> it was 30 years ago. The filtering okay. system wasn't quite what it needed to be. Right. It's a great town. And the and the wonderful uh, coach, I don't know his name. I just call him the felon. Coach? <laughs> and the coach just grabbed me, and he just threw me into the deep section. Sweet. I swam it's for my life. Yeah, it's the best way. Well, I you had to. I didn't swim. I just kicked like crazy. And then I just rolled onto my back. And you didn't drown. No, but I just floated because I didn't know <laughs> what works. to do. So that's, you know, do that. Can I, hey, shoot a video. Take her out. Get. Oh, no, 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 no. Go to the that, lake. That's not happening. Go to Utah Lake. She can stand oh, up in no. Utah Lake. I wouldn't teach it's somebody very, to swim in that lake. It's a very yeah, shallow pick a different lake. lake. That's, um, we can go to the Legacy Center, Lehigh Legacy Center. Yeah, there you go. But video it. So she'll want the grandkids to see when she. She won't go in the pool if I do that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they're not into that. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Don't say I didn't try. So what, uh, Sean? Did you learn yeah. as a father? Well, as we've stated throughout the show, I am the father of four girls. Beautiful, There's... talented, fabulous, smart, mm-hmm. wicked smart girls. There is not a my, my one of my daughters did have a four this last. Year. Really? And yeah, one of the one of the terms, one of the four terms. Well, that's done. a good girl. Yep. She still has a three nine five right now. So that's good. But there's not a single male dominated toy in my household. Not one. Not one. 
Why don't you have one? And most I do have video games. Yeah. But even most of those, the covers are pink. <laughs> is pink the primary <laughs> oh, color no. of your home? Is that the kind of the base color? Kind of. Okay, cool. A little bit. So earlier in our discussions, we've been asking if fathers matter. Do, fa- do. do fathers help their children? Do they teach them anything? Do they actually have an effect on their children? Yeah. I think so. So despite having four daughters, I can say emphatically that, yes, fathers do matter. There you have it. It's been decided. They matter a great deal in the lives of their children. Totally agree. And I've seen this from a perspective that I never imagined I would once I started having children. It changed you, didn't it? It, It's an overwhelming concept, actually. Yeah, it is. And you'll never be the same. So here's some of the lessons that I've learned from being a dad to four girls. Remember, this is four girls, which is probably, along with marrying my wife, the most amazing accomplishment that I've had in my life. That's great. So number one. You have eyes on you constantly. (laughs) Yeah, even while you're speeding. The kids are observing you and what you do and how you handle a situation. All the time. That's good. Yeah. Number two, love unconditionally. Is that what you learned? Yes. Because you got to love no matter what, and you do. Nothing your child has done should ever take away the love that they want to receive from you. Yeah, or that you should be willing to give. Exactly. Yeah. Number three, you're a parent, not a friend. Yeah. Friends and parents both support and love, but a parent also needs to be able to set rules. Mm. That's good. Number four, set the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Be ready to be tough and follow through on any and all rules that have been established in the home. Yeah. Sometimes that can be difficult. Well, because this is very formal. You've got to organize. I know. And you can't just wing it. A lot of us wing stuff. And you can wing yes. it till you need to do really deal with it. We, True. We never had to decide on whether we would spank a child until I started spanking a child. Yeah. And then we decided that we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did. <laughs> it was brilliant. I mean, I was horrible. I shouldn't have done that. But we decided it's wrong. I don't think it's necessarily wrong in all situations. Well, ask we. And I think it depends on the child. I agree. Yeah. And how big they are. Because if they're going to get well, that's big, true too. don't 16, mess with 17? Them. No. I'm like, I wouldn't touch my older kids. No, They'll no, kill no, me. No. Okay, number five. Sleep is a treasure. Yeah. Sleep is also fairly non-existent. Yeah. I admit my wife knows this better than I do, but kids may need attention at any hour of any day. And if mom is sick or night, dad, you're up to bat. Next. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Though. Oh, we've had that. We've, Have you? Oh, yeah. We've had the whole family sick at one time. That is mm. not a fun household to be in. <laughs> and it especially depends on the type of sickness because it's. Oh, yes. You, yes. Some sicknesses, you just, you know, I just keep them I, all in the garage and then we just hose out the garage. I still remember the day um, I, I, I came home a little bit early. Uh, this was when I was working an earlier schedule, but yeah. I got home a little bit early. I had to take two. I took two kids to the doctor. <laughs> they come back. They both have strep throat. Ugh. My wife makes an appointment for the other two. They come back and they've all got, they both got strep throat. Oh boy! So all four have strep throat. Yeah, all at once. We had, we had you know that that pink amoxicillin oh, yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, we had like five to ten bottles. You had it on tap. In the <laughs> you had it on tap. Yeah. How much amoxicillin do you guys want this morning? Exactly. That's great. But there's, you know, there's no way you're going to know when your kids are no. going to need you. No. 
And this and this continues on throughout life. This isn't does it? I mean, you have your parent for for the life of your child. Yeah. Not yeah. the not you. And even when they're gone, I think you're still the parent. Yeah, you are. So uh, it's a it's a it's a big decision. Mm-hmm. Number six, each child is their own person. Yeah, this is something I I I I'm still amazed by this. Yeah, they may be very similar when they're young, but as they grow, treasure the personality that comes out of them because they're all different. They See, you are. think you're going to be able to use the same tick tick techniques and tricks and stuff? It doesn't work. No, and at the same time, encourage the paths that they wish to follow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And that, by the way, is what I hear now with older kids. Boy, I sure am grateful, Dad. Mm-hmm. Let me do this and help me find this. And Number seven is stay within your means. Mm. It may be fun to take the kids all over the country or have that newest gadget. Yeah. But you still have to put food on the table. So true. Even though you may not want to put food on the table for some of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad. It's sad. Yeah, it happens. And then number eight, let go. Mm. At some point, the the things that you've teached your taught your children, teached. <laughs> I, I tried to teach them very good English, but obviously that doesn't work. <laughs> Help them talk but a little the things, better. <laughs> the things that you have taught have to be used and not absorbed. You, Ooh. That doesn't mean the relationship is gone. It just means that it's changing. Yeah, that's good. That's profound. Mm-hmm. Put that on a meme. So, put that on a meme. Those are the lessons it. that I've. Those are beautiful. Well I've done. Learned. Hey, here's a quote on our way out. My dad gave me. This is a quote from Anonymous. My dad gave me the greatest gift anyone could ever give to another person. He believed in me. Bing. He believed in me. What more should we give, dads, than just believing? Be the heart. Be the energy. You're just as vital, just as important as anyone else in the family. Step up, dad. Live up to your roles. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More tools, more skills, more ideas tomorrow right here on BYU Radio.